Life Happens with Pinelo Mutine. Pinelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Seven minutes after one. Good afternoon to you. This is Life Happens on SAFM. My name is Pimelo Mutina. I'm with you all the way until three o'clock. There's a lot to talk about today, and I don't think it's a good day um, for many of us. Uh, I I wonder how women in this country are getting by. I wonder how you woke up today. I wonder how all of you are sitting where you're sitting today. It is a really bad day. I think many of us are asking ourselves, I'm asking myself, I'm asking my colleagues, I'm asking my friends, well, what does it mean to be a woman in this country? I am a mother of a girl. And I can't tell you how the passing of Uyinene has touched me. I can't tell you how she's not the only one. Of course, she's not the only one. But there was something about how many young people rallied that gave many of us hope. I watched over the days when there were prayers. I watched over the days as young people organized themselves when they were galvanizing for her safety. And I can promise you now, I had it in me that we are going to have a good ending to that story. It wasn't to be. And as our hearts broke into pieces, I wondered. I wondered about what kind of a society we are, what kind of people we live amongst. And what needs to happen for us to finally feel, as women in this country, free? For many of you, maybe you have realized your freedom. I can tell you now, as a woman in this country, I don't know what freedom feels like. Because you consistently keep bashing us. You consistently keep killing us. You consistently refuse to see us. Stephen Khortis had a conversation with... uh, Uyinene's friend a little bit earlier on and if you weren't listening to the breakfast show this morning I just want to play you a little clip of that conversation he had with Uyinene's friend uh, his name is Cleveland Hop just take a listen uh, um, so this morning this morning I woke up again with a heavy heart um, I'm not okay I'm not okay because Uyinene is a great loss loss to us as a friends, a loss to a family, a loss to UCT, a loss to South Africa. Yet another woman, another child has been stolen from us. So I'm not okay. One of the, the awful things about this is that we all have people in our life, my daughter, your friends, your sister perhaps, and you'll think this happened to Uyi Nani, someone who it seems was hugely loved by society. You get exactly. She was, she was angelic, um, authentic, optimistic, one kind soul. Um, she she would actually always use to warn us to not walk alone or to not go anywhere alone because it's unsafe out there. She would always say um, that men are the ghetto. <laughs> um, she would always just say that and Clearly, some of them are, most of them are. Um, and, yeah, I mean, she was always this ball of positivity and always vigilant and cautious um, of her surroundings. So, yeah, and one of my friends last night said that um, 
she lived up to her name. Um, we would say, Uyenene, Uyenene, which means basically that she's, she's real, she's authentic, she's true. And um, I think as, as a friend, um, we shared a lot of real moments together. And um, my heart breaks, my heart breaks um, for all, for everyone in this country. I'm, I'm so angry, actually. Um, as I was sitting in court yesterday and listening to what happened, and I just, I had this anger in me. Oh, I was furious. I had this anger in me, um, and I'm, I'm angry as, as a 18 year old gender fluid male I'm angry at South Africa I'm an angry South African and I'm angry at UCT I'm, I'm angry as a first year student at UCT I'm, I'm angry I'm angry because our sisters are dying at the hands of our brothers and our mothers are dying at the hands of our fathers. And aren't you tired? Aren't you tired? Because I am I'm tired. I'm tired of this. They are killing us. Cleveland Hop is a friend of Uyenene Mkhochana who died, listen to this, at 19, at the hands of a rapist, at the hands of a murderer. He said something quite profound. He's angry at many people. He's also angry at UCT. Professor Loretta Ferris, Deputy Vice-Chancellor in Transformation and Student Affairs at UCT. How do you take that, Professor? Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Good afternoon, Pamelo. You know, I think um, he's expressing an anger that sits within all of us. Hmm. And we all want to find a place to direct that anger at. And, and as an executive um, or a member of the executive, we also sit with our own anger and our own frustration and our own sadness and our own devastation at this loss. Um, and, and I think as a country, and women in particular, are angry. And, and I think we, we, we want to express the anger somewhere. But, you know, we also need to think about it when, when you think about the circumstances of Uyenene's death, where it is something as mundane as going to a post office mm. to collect a parcel. Mm. You know, we, we as a university, we, we do our best to ensure that we, that we have safety measures on campus um, but we also cannot keep our students in a bubble, and we shouldn't be keeping in our, stu- our students in a bubble. We should be thinking that, of course, it's okay for, for a student to go to the post office. You know, nothing should be happen in a society that doesn't allow this kind of violence. But we apparently we are a society that allows these levels of violence. And so now we worry when our kids, our students do mundane things. So we're all angry. Prof, what, what's the mood like on campus this afternoon? What's the mood like today at UCT? So we, we had a vigil last night. Uh, students organized a vigil, and I could, it was very clear to me that, that fear and anger and sadness are probably the three um, emotions that, that is the most 
prevalent among students um, and among staff. Um, and so, um, so f- for the last few hours as an executive, we've been meeting and been, been thinking through what do we do as a university um, because we need to create a space. And, and one of the first things we've done is we've um, made more counselors available, extra counselors available, and um, we've already communicated that to students that we have counselors all around the campus and on our different campuses so that students can just go and speak to people because I think this has brought a lot of trauma um, to our campus. Um, and then we, we want to, to dedicate tomorrow as a day of mourning. We want to mourn Uyenene, but we also want to, to dedicate it as a day of activism around sexual and gender-based violence. So we're planning to have a picket in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, and at Parliament, because we believe that this is something that we want our government to also account for this. And we are inviting everyone to join us um, from 9 to 11 tomorrow morning and stand in solidarity to mourn Yenene, but to also, you know, ask government to account and society to account for, for what is happening. I want to thank you very much for the time you've given us, Professor Loretta Ferris, Deputy Vice-Chancellor and Transformation and Student Affairs at UCT. Thanks very much. I want to just bring in Lisa Vetten. We all know her as gender violence specialist in this country, one of the very top people that can speak to this issue. Lisa, good afternoon, and thanks so much for making the time. What do we do now? What do we know? What do we do now? I mean, I think we are lost for words. None of none of us are professionals, but we are mad as hell. What do we do now? You know, this always sounds a little deflating, but I think sometimes we need to take a step back and look at this quite carefully and calmly. Because while many of us would like to have prevented this and stop this from happening, acting from a place of anger doesn't necessarily help us understand why it happened. So I think we need to go back and look at some of the research that we do have about telling us um, why these things happen and what can be done to prevent. So I mean, one of the things that we have to look at, and this obviously doesn't apply in, in, in this particular matter, is firearms control. We've seen our systems of firearms control collapse, and why I say that's important in relation to women's homicides is that we, can, is that we know, particularly in relation to when women are killed by their intimate partners, it's often with a licensed firearm. So that is one way that we can try to prevent things, is to look at how do we get the firearms control registry working properly and working in synchrony with the um, domestic violence protection orders. We would also need to look at things like emergency services. And here I'm talking about situations where somebody has got a protection order, they're calling the police, the police don't have vehicles to come out and assist them, the abusive partner is there at the front door. You know, so one has to break down and look at what are the different scenarios that are that keep on recurring, and then what do we do for each one? Because there is not, unfortunately, a one-size-fits-all approach here if we want to try and address and bring down the figures. But Lisa, I mean, um, this this mm-hmm. this this particular case doesn't fit to, to any of the stuff no. that you've spoken to. So exactly. what what then? I think part of the problem is that when we looked at women's murders in this country look a great deal at women being killed by their intimate partners and we haven't looked as much at the less common scenario which is rape murder and that is what seems to have happened here and again rape murders are often occurring gangs this one was different one doesn't know precisely what this individual was doing with it he clearly planned it 
So he had obviously decided on her beforehand and then since he must have lied about the castle not being there in order to be able to lure her back when she was alone. So, you know, again, when you look at these cases as a whole, the, the number of them, some of them are very different and would be extreme. You would need to be clairvoyant to be able to, to stop them. But there are others where you can put steps in place in order to try and, and um, reduce the likelihood of a, of a murder happening. Sounds to me like, again, the responsibility only lies on the victim. No, not at all. I think clearly we would need to look at things like um, how would she know that this would happen? I don't think she could put any responsibility on her at all. I mean, what one can try and do, and I think what people have been trying to do, is look at how do we change norms and attitudes that might contribute and promote violent behavior. Um, we can see there is a little bit of success in doing that, but there isn't complete, comprehensive success everywhere. So I think there is a call for us to try and be able to understand and go into more detail to try and understand what could be done to prevent them. And, but there is a limit, and I know this sounds depressing, but there are some cases where nobody saw it coming. Lisa and so those become difficult to deal with. I want to thank you for your time, Lisa Vetton, gender violence activist. And listen, you're more than welcome to also take part in this conversation. Tell us how you feel. Tell us how this particular case has affected you today. 0891-104-207. It's an open platform and uh, everybody is welcome. I've got on the line um, Minister of Communications, Stella Ndabene Abrahams, and uh, she posted something yesterday just to say that um, she is bereaved by by all of this and minister thank you very much for for joining us i mean i i don't know whether today if someone said to you today i'm sending my child to the post office how would you respond to that hello thank you first for having me and i want to go to your listeners but i must say that we're so disappointed as, as the department because post office and any other government building is supposed to be a place of safety for all the people of our country. Therefore, it's really shocking and embarrassing to say we can have such people who are even brave enough to do all those things in the offices, actually. That's how disgusting it is. But of course, it is a lesson that you are learning to say. It means we've got to be more careful as government. It means even though we appreciate the fact that the law recognizes that people uh, must be given an opportunity, but the, the, the nature of the offenses that people are found guilty on is something that government really needs to pay attention to because we cannot continue to put people on the employ of, of government where they must interact with people on an everyday to day basis and they are found to be people who are guilty of rape and, and any other sexual offense. That 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 has been uh, one has has been guilty of. So it is something that we are saying. It it really it, it's scary. It, it, it shook us, but it is calling for a cause of action to say we can't just be shocked. We've got to take an action. And as we have seen, Pimelo, we have called for an investigation mm-hmm. to say if this person was convicted twice, why is he in the ploy? Especially on the teller mm-hmm. on the telephone face to face interaction with, mm-hmm. with people, the frontline services mm-hmm. that we're providing. And as I said, Pimelo, this does not mean that I'm questioning the law of this country, but I'm saying the law of this country is to take into consideration what women go through and must have a responsibility to protect all women, irrespective of their financial standing and where they must go to. 
Minister, I, yeah, thanks very much for that. And I think people are waiting for government to say something. Uh, it's commendable that somebody stood up and said, well, I'll say something. I don't know when you sit with your colleagues what, what conversations are going to happen. But I think what we would like to implore on you is to tell your colleagues just how deeply hurt this nation is. And we, we entrust you with that because you're a woman. And we think you're going to hear us a little bit with more grace. Than, than some of your other colleagues. We really appreciate the time you've given us. Thank you, Pamelo, and definitely I will relay the message, but I'm certain everybody has seen it. it. There's no woman that has not seen it, there's no parent, there's no father that has not seen this, but of course, because government works in a coordinated approach, I know government will take an action. Minister of Communications and Telecommunications and the Postal Services, Stella Ndabene Abrahams. I did ask for your calls on 0891-104-207. We did also uh, have lined up um, somebody from Not In My Name. They wanted to respond to this horrific incident. Yeah, Asha I think is your name. I'm so sorry if I've butchered your name. You're calling us you know, from I'm Durban. Hi. In my capacity as one of the national advocates for social cohesion on the Department of Arts and Culture, but this morning I woke up feeling sick, and not only as a woman who's made South Africa the country of her soul, who's married to a South African, who have children who are in university. This morning I got up and literally healed over because the trauma that we are all facing and we have no outlets. You know, 20 years ago, my sister, I said, where are the trauma centers for Africans to deal with the effects of apartheid? We, we, we forego that. We need places where men and women can go and try and get the healing and the pain, generational pain out of them because this is not, this not normal. Nothing about what we are feeling as a country is normal. And, you know, it's just the attitudes of men. The, the other day I took a, 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 a gun from a child here in Durban. The father just bought him a nice play gun. And the, the little boy was so happy and I took the gun. And, you know, the father said to me, give back the gun because it's not your money. And you know what I did? I crushed the gun. Hmm. And I dared him to come to me. Because it's just little naive things like that we do with our children. You know, we think it's just fun. But we, we put in something in place that we cannot undo. And, and today I'm mad as hell as a mother. I'm mad as hell as a leader. And I don't want another hashtag. I need government to act and act decisively, especially when these bastards have said they have done it. We can't be sitting in courthouses and listening to a pain of somebody who knows what they've done. Government needs to do this differently, my sister. Sia, thanks very much, Sia Gentile, founder and president of Not In My Name. Good afternoon to you, Sia. I don't think it's a good afternoon. Afternoon to you. Hi. Uh, hi, Pamela. No, definitely it is not a good afternoon. Um, but yeah, what can you say? What... What, what do you say when you get back to your members and the young boys that you mentor and that you do all the work that you do with them in a situation like this? How do you use this particular incident as something to take your boys forward? Yeah, you know, um, Pamela, honestly, every man in South Africa now should be hanging their head in shame. Um, it is bad what has happened. Not only yesterday, but over the past few months, over the past few years, in fact, um, because we know that this thing is, is not starting now. 
and you know the conversations that we have amongst ourselves and when we talk to these boys obviously we need to highlight some of these things as an example of what not to be as a man that is uh, as a responsible man but i i cannot and at any given point or any given moment in time uh, come to radio and want to make excuses for our actions as men um, what is happening is wrong and it should be condemned by all forms and means. However, it is important to say, unfortunately, I was in a meeting, I was, I was not listening through. Mm. Um, so this has been mentioned several times to say that uh, the work, uh, as much as we do this work that we do with the boys, um, the, the work that we do generally on, on gender-based violence, mm-hmm. uh, there is a missing link, which is leadership uh, from our government. And something that has been bothering me and many other people have been speaking to is the fact that till now the president has not said anything. Uh, Our leaders are quiet on this issue. So we really do not know what to do next now ourselves as civil society because uh, we can can have this talk similar, we can have this dialogue, we can have uh, the camps, the whatever, the conferences, but until decisive action is taken against perpetrators, Unfortunately, we are not going to go anywhere. The culture of impunity that is so much entrenched uh, in our system, you know, rapists and murderers, they know that they can easily get away with it. This guy uh, was in the system, uh, 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 post office, Um, but apparently he's he's offended before. So really it goes to show that um, women's lives and women's bodies are cheap in South Africa. And that is something that needs to change. When you speak to your colleagues, um, I'm not speaking about the young boys now. This morning, uh, yesterday, when you heard the news, what are the conversations you're having with your with with fellow yeah. young, fellow men, Nasir? Yes, same thing, Tabelo. This this thing has to change. You know, it has to change. Unfortunately, uh, with us, uh, with me and the guys that I work, we do this every day. Even now, as I'm speaking to you now, I'm going to. Hospital uh, police station because there is a, a man, a white man who's, uh, who's busy abusing a, white, a, a, a woman and her daughter. We are going to try to intervene there. So, the, so for me and, and and my guys, this is our everyday issue. The issue of um, of what happened yesterday, the outrage, is what we, we go through every day, and we are trying to change um, 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 the, the system. So the conversations that we have amongst ourselves has not changed suddenly because everyone else now is talking about this issue. This is something we talk about every day and we are trying to, 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 to mobilize more men behind us. And we are not saying ourselves we are good men. We are not. In fact, I always say that also a potential perpetrators because a rapist and a murderer does not walk around with a stick on their forehead. Mm. So even ourselves, we also need... Um, these very same conferences and talk shows, they're dealing with us uh, personally. So these are the conversations we are having to say that seriously, uh, men, we need to change. Uh, but again, just talking about it won't help. It's like, it's like apologizing and not changing your behavior. Uh, I, I, I just wish there was something else that we could do. I just wish. Because honestly, um, and I think it's something that maybe our conversation as a country now to be at the level of talking about penalty, something which I do not 
personally advocate for. Something we do not advocate for is not in my name essay. But unfortunately, we are at a breaking point. I do not see uh, things changing. I do not see statistics get go, go, going down. Uh, unfortunately, I think that is a conversation we need to start having, especially in cases like this one, because this man has, has, has actually uh, confessed. I don't see a reason why he should go to prison. To, to go to prison and do what? Uh, and, and spend taxpayers' money there uh, because a lot of money goes into this. People. See, uh, him see, alone. See, I'm going I'm, I'm to ask to pause you there. I'm just running out of time. We have to go to the headlines and then uh, we will continue with this conversation for all of you who are hanging on. I do see your calls 891 104 207. Let's uh, go to Utsile Saku. Now it's 1.30. Here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> SAFM 105.2 FM in East London. We continue on a very difficult note this afternoon, and uh, this is after the murder, uh, the confirmation of the murder, and the admission of a murderer and a rapist uh, who admitted to killing Uyanene. And uh, I, as I said earlier, you know, I had so much faith. Oh, the, the fact that everybody was rallying behind this this young woman, I just was so uh, encouraged by the, the kind of activism, the kind of vigor that I saw coming through. I, I really thought this was going to end well. And so when the news broke, I, I think everything in me broke too. And I think everything in many women in this country, all women in this country, broke too for ourselves, for our aunts, for our mothers, for our children. And I don't know if there is any other way we're going to be able to send this message through. I will take your calls on 891 Glanty, you're on the road. Thanks so much for calling. Hi. Hi, hi, Neiman. How are you? I'm good. Thanks very much, Glanty. Look, uh, I've got mixed feelings here. I'm very angry and deeply hurt about what happened to men. Because uh, this guy showed no mercy to this young girl with the violation in some part of the economy of this country. Mm. And, and as a man, I just want to apologize deeply and honestly that it's us who are perpetrating these crimes every now and then. I just want to say to all women out there, I'm very, 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 very sorry for this. And hope that in future men can sit down in the form of groups and discuss these things and come with solutions. Because I believe that all these solutions lie squarely in our hands. As for that man who is in jail now, I have no message for him. He must face the, the mighty of the law. He must rot in jail. And we distance ourselves as men of goodwill from what he has done. Secondly, as to the government, when you apply for a government position, there is a form called the 88, which you complete. I would like to I would like to know from the government whether this gentleman who has done this heinous crime has mentioned in that form that he had a previous conviction and he had clashes with the law before. And if he had mentioned that, I want the people who employed him to be questioned and be fired. Because he was not supposed to be in the post office in the first place if he had a previous conviction and he disclosed that previous conviction to those who employed him. 
they must come forward and tell us why did they employ this man in the, in the government institutions? Because in that 888 form, they say you must disclose the previous convictions. And then the interviewers and the panel will decide whether or not to employ you on the basis of your criminal record. So I'm still angry against the government. They must come forward and tell us what is going to happen to the people who employed this Gentlemen at the Council of Thank you so much. Twenty there on the road. Sis Vuyelo, you're calling us from Bedford View. Thanks for your patience. Hi. Hi, Sissy. You know, this is another struggle, war on women. You know, these stories that women get treated like flies in South Africa, Sissy, it's just, it's just too much. It's unacceptable. You know, the university story shook my 17-year-old daughter. I shipped her overseas to study to make sure while she's still a virgin, she's not going to be raped by a South African man. I have to live without her. I don't know where she is. There's no man who's got this mentality of entitlement that I can have your vagina anytime I feel like. Really, I don't know this South African man. They cannot talk to the girls. What's wrong with them? And the death penalty. I know people who said, no, 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 no. We'll stop all this nonsense. That's the only solution. These guys go to jail and they live like kings with their phones and WhatsApp and three meals a day. They don't even, they just leave another island of prison, that's all. I feel it's too much. It's deeper than that, says Vuelo. It's deeper than that. And the, the minute we stop and understanding that we are not on the same page about what is rape culture. Remember you and I had a conversation about a spokesperson who posted uh, girls who are naked reading and you said to me it was okay. You remember that? Do you still feel the same way? Do you still feel the same way? Only here in South Africa, then you cannot walk the street with your shortest hot pants. Every man's going to turn their heads only here in South Africa. Other countries, they don't do that. So why does it tell they've got mentality sex in their minds? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with them? Thanks very much for your call. Vuyelo Ade in Bedford View. Here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM. 107 FM in Kruenstadt. Continue to take your calls, and uh, this is an outcry coming from every corner of this nation. Uyanene passed away at 19 at the hands of a rapist and a murderer, uh, someone who admitted to that murder, who was working at the post office. All she had to do was leave home, leave campus, and go to the post office, and this is what became of her. I will take your call, and I want to thank you for being your, so patient, Jack. You're calling us from Dirasrop. Hi. Hello, Jack. Thank you, Mr. Yes, can we hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Thanks for calling. Okay. I just wanted to tell you or other people something. It's not that I condone this, but the problem is we want our women to be safe, but we kept on comparing our women, and we know that they are not equal to men. So what I want women to understand, we don't have to, to, to give them power that they don't have. They have to make sure they are like children. My so what do you I'm mean by that, that, Jack? What do you mean by that? Explain, sister, how, ex- explain how this girl did anything to deserve her to be raped and murdered and tell me how that connects to what you're telling me right now. What I'm trying to tell you is what, my sister, you guys as women, 
we have to change. You see the police, the authority doing nothing to help you. What I'm trying to tell you, I want you to understand what I'm trying to say. I want women to make sure always they are safe. They are on that places. Most of the time when a woman goes to church, there's a certain way that he she have to dress. Just when go away. No, I can't, I can't listen to this. Let's just switch this off. I can't listen to this. It's just too much. Let's take a break. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM. 106.2 FM. In Zanin. 0891-104-207. I hope you're going to make sense. Jafta in Kuruman. Hi. Hello. Hi, Jafta. How are you? I'm all right with you, ma'am. I want to give you a chance to respond to Jack. Please, ma'am. You know what? That gentleman has done a very horrible thing, ma'am. Hello? Yes, I'm listening, Jack. Uh, Jafta. I'm sorry. I'm listening. Hello? Jafta, can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. You know what I think should be done about the gentleman? He's in prison at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, but you know there was supposed to be a lineup um, because there are some things that they said they needed to just clear up. So he is yes. in prison. We don't have his face because there's meant to be a lineup, and I think that lineup was scheduled for today. Okay, but I think for 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 you know first step that the government should do. Hello. Yes, I'm listening. I'm listening, Jafta. Is is you know when when the autopsy has been done to that lady? Yep. That gentleman should be there. And then after that, when the lady is going to be uh, uh, buried, yes, the very same gentleman should be taken to to the graveyard, and he should dig the grave of that lady. Then thereafter, should be taken back to prison. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks very much, Jafta. Sia, you're still on the line. You want to comment, Sia, from not in my name. Sia Gentile is uh, from Not In My Name. I believe you're still on the line. Are you still on the line, Sia? Is Sia still on the line? All right, so we've lost Sia. Sia Gentile has been on the line with us uh, from Not In My Name. And those numbers are still uh, open to you. Those calls are still open on 891 Today, of all days, I can tell you now, I'm very happy to lose my job for putting Jack down. Today of all days, I think you should hang yourself and your head in shame if you think there's any justification. You're going to call this place where you can hear how inappropriate your comments are and you're going to tell us she should have done, she should have done, she should have done. I ask you now, I ask you now, all this woman was never supposed to do was to walk into the, to, to the post office. She shouldn't have dressed like this. She shouldn't have done this. I mean, to call here and tell us, yes, but. But what? But what? You, the policer of our bodies, you, the policer of our dress code, you, the policer of our lives. And you think it's acceptable to come on national radio and tell us and listen to you telling us how if she had done one, two, three, she would not have been raped and killed. You should hang your head in shame. Rudolph in Woodbank. Hi. My sister. Hi. Um, you know, I, I must say that, you know, I'm, I'm deeply, deeply disturbed. I'm deeply hurt. I don't even want to mention the comments about the earlier caller. But what I want to mention is, you know, three weeks ago, you were on 
speaking about uh, a magazine, a particular magazine yes. where convicted rapists was on the front page. Yes, Rudolph. Many people called in, mm-hmm. some supported, but there were a lot of people that actually insulted you, mm-hmm. there were games that. And here we have a convicted criminal who killed one of our own. So my question to them today is, what are their opinions? Do they still think that you were wrong? Are they going to withdraw the insults they made against you? Thank you, Marcel. Rudolph, thanks very much for your call.